turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 6, where we'll look this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is a very important text for fathers. And we've been talking about family discipleship, God's plan for what the family is to do, and that the family has been assigned the job of training and teaching children. God gives that to the family. He's not giving it to the state to do, and that is a departure from God's will in our culture and the world. Uh, that was the competing system from, uh, from Satan, and we're still dealing with that today, and we are recovering it. God has helped us to see this in, uh, in America, that we are re- we're recovering it to a degree. The families returning to teaching their children at home. This was the original plan. It's, uh, we departed from it and thought that uh, that was the norm. Uh, but God has helped us to uh, come back to His original plan. The competition was popularized by the Greek culture with the teaching of the philosophers and at the gymnasium. And that was the uh, forerunner of the public school today. It's all modeled exactly after that. That uh, seeks knowledge and wisdom, but it does so by ignoring God. That's exactly what the Greeks did. And that's why they became morally corrupt. Even as we seek God's word, uh, and there's the battle with evil and why we need this very much. Uh, God's plan is designed for what we need. And He designed for the parents to teach the children and then to guide them in it being at its foundation a moral teaching. A teaching first about what's right and wrong. And that is so crucial. It's what's so needed in human nature. And uh, we talked last time in the book of Proverbs how God communicated through, through Solomon a, a strategy for addressing this in the life of a child. And very early on that you start with teaching that child right and wrong and to obey the importance of obeying the parents as a foundation for teaching them and having understanding for them coming to an understanding that there is good and there is evil and there's right and wrong and that we have an important choice and that life is about the choice between right and wrong. And that is taught very early on through the parents if they will, if they will do this. Even before the child is able to talk and even totally comprehend things, they can understand if they reach for something they're not supposed to touch and the, and the parent slaps their hand, they know, okay, there's right behavior and there's wrong behavior and my parents are going to guide me in that. And it's for their own protection. They can learn that. They've learned that very early on. And if parents don't do that, they lay a foundation for that child just saying, well, I can do this and that and I can choose whatever I want and it doesn't matter. And they don't learn right and wrong and they don't learn consequences. And that's where we're at in our world. The kids who are growing up and saying, well, I can choose if I'm a boy or a girl. That's because they were not ever trained from early on that there's right and wrong and the parents, and they're to listen to their parents and they're to listen to God. They grew up totally being taught, you can do whatever you want. It's your choice. 
And that's what the public school taught them. And that's what the public school is teaching them very aggressively from, from the day they come in. And they're trying to get them earlier and earlier. You know, they get them in kindergarten. Now they're trying to get them pre-kindergarten so that they can begin uh, training them in that, that uh, you can make whatever choice you want. That is the core, the core teaching of the public school system. And we're seeing the catastrophe of that today, the results of it. God's plan is totally different, and He puts it in the responsibility of the parents, and they're accountable to God uh, for that. And particularly, the father is accountable to lead in uh, this important work of discipling in the home, where the children are taught the Bible and taught uh, about God. The father is the one that is called to lead that, and he's responsible for that. And so, uh, men, today, what we are going to look at is this important word from God, is that we are responsible to be the spiritual leaders of our home. And being the spiritual leader means talking about teaching and talking about the Word of God in your home. That is our responsibility to do that. We're responsible just like Adam was responsible. And you see that in the Garden of Eden. When God gave the commandment about the tree, He gave it to Adam first before Eve was there. Before He made Eve, He told Adam, there's the tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it's got evil. Somehow it had evil in it. It was the combination of good and evil, and that always is the corruption of the world. He told Adam, don't eat of that. Adam had that commandment. It was his job to lead his home in obeying that. That was God's word. At that point, there wasn't a scripture written down. There didn't really need to be. That was the word of God. Don't eat of this tree. And Adam knew it. He had it clearly stated to him. He knew the commandment. And it was his job to lead, to be the spiritual leader of his home. And that's what he failed in. And he was responsible. And when God came then to Adam and Eve and the serpent who was involved, an animal creature who was probably different, a little different than today because uh, he was walking, so apparently had legs, and now uh, the curse has taken that away. But God pronounces the judgment on them, and he, and, he, and he comes then to Adam, and he says, because you ate of the tree, then all of creation is cursed because of what you did, because Adam was responsible. And men, that's our same responsibility. We're responsible to be spiritual leaders in our homes. And this is a one important work that God has designed in teaching how God's Word is to be taught. God has several different ways that, that God's Word is proclaimed. One is what we're doing right now. Is His plan is the church to publicly preach and teach the Word of God on a weekly basis in a corporate setting in a group of Christians who come together and uh, commit to meeting together on a regular basis to hear God's Word 
and to worship together and encourage one another. And there's an appointed then leader to preach God's word, which is the pastor teacher in the church, pastor teacher elders in the church. And that is one part of God's plan. And it's an important part of God's plan. And every Lord's Day, it's important to be gather with your church and to hear God's word. Then we're told personally to be reading the Bible, reading scripture. And that's important for you to do every day. But then this element is very important that the father is called to be teaching the Bible every day to his family. And that is a big part of how you carry out your spiritual leadership. And so the father gathering the family and sitting down and reading the Bible and then explaining it, talking about it, sharing his truths. That is an important activity that the Father is called to do every day. And Deuteronomy 6 is the text on this. And this is something that we need to recover. This is another thing. So we've lost a lot of this. We've lost a, almost everything with family discipleship was pretty much lost over the course of the last 50 to 100 years in America. We had it at the beginning. That was a part of why America was so strong, why America was so educated, number one, and America had a strong spiritual foundation and commitment. And that's what produced the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and the strong beginning of our country, where when they inaugurated the president, they first had a worship service. And they were moral, upright people because they believed the Bible. And our country started out that way. And there was no public school system. And yet the population was very, very highly educated, more educated than we are today. You just read their writings and you, they use words we've never heard of before. They had no public school system. How did that happen? The home taught the children. The home oversaw the education of, of the children, and uh, it was blessed by God. But this also was happening, is that fathers were the spiritual leaders of their homes, and they sought to teach God's Word in their home to their children. And we've lost that today, but with God's help, we are recovering it. Let's look at uh, Deuteronomy 6 and see how this was the ancient commandment to Israel by God. And this is what made Israel strong. And when they stopped doing this, then they went off track. Verse 1, now this is the commandment and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. That you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, and land flowing with milk and honey. Now stop right there, and you see he said, I command you to do this, your son, your grandson, and, your, and this is the land promised to your fathers. The context is, and we understand from the book, the context is he's speaking to the men of Israel as the leaders, and he then will tell them to do, to do this teaching in their homes. Continue reading in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And so, in speaking to the men of Israel, uh, and this is the book of Deuteronomy, which was the, it's called the second law. It was given at the end of their 40 years of wandering, right before they went into the land, and God had already set up the priesthood. He had set up the priests through Aaron and then the Levites as helpers, and they were teaching the Word of God. And when they gathered on the feast days and gathered as a, a congregation, the priests and the Levites would teach the Word of God. But that wasn't all that God said. He said this then. He said, then you men who have families, He said, these are the commandments I've given to you. And, and he, then He summed it up with the great commandment. Jesus said, this was the first commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. That's, that summarizes all the law. It's to love God with all your heart. And then you, out of your love for Him, you then obey what He says. And, out of, and, and, and He says, then, these are the commandments, and this is the commandment. And He says, you then are to teach them meaning these commandments, these words. Verse 6 says, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart first, the men, the fathers, and then you shall teach them the words of God diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And so the priests were, were, would teach on the Sabbath and, and on the feast days, but then God said, Every day, men, you are to teach my words to your children and your household every day. And not only every day, notice what he said. He said multiple times a day. He said, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. And I don't think God is putting a mandated schedule on us per se. He's saying, you've got to teach the word of God three to four or five times a day in this way. Like the Muslims do, they have five prayer times, and you have to do it at certain times during the day. That's not what God is doing here. But what He does, I think what He's saying is, teach the Word of God as much as you can in every way you can in your home. And I think at the minimum, that does mean on these, what these words say to us is that at least one time a day, we need to have a goal that we're going to sit down together as a family and we're going to open the Bible and read it and we're going to talk about it and we're going to look at it and think about it. I think that's a minimum. And that's the wording here. You teach them diligently and talk about them as you go about, as you walk by the way, as you go about your day. But... The wording, you shall teach them when you sit in your house, that clearly communicates a formal time of sitting down and reading the Bible and teaching it. And that's the foundation. And, uh, and fathers, I believe 
what God's Word tells us is we need to have a goal of doing that every day and to have a plan for uh, how we can accomplish that in a schedule uh, of sometime during the day that we do that. And then beyond that, then we try to talk about the Word of God as much as we can uh, beyond that. And to do it as much as we can. He mentions when you lie down, when you rise up. It could be thoughts of, hey, can we, can we gather in the morning and have prayer together before everybody starts their day? Sometimes that's not possible depending on how everybody's schedule is. But you think, well, when can we get together and try to do that as much as possible? And then at the end of the day, typically is, is, is uh, what's most likely, or at dinner time. But this is the call to fathers is to, it is our job to be the spiritual leaders in teaching God's word in the home and to have a time that you do that each day. I think a good description of it and a good goal for it is to think of it as a time of family worship. You have a time of family worship every day and where you read the, the Bible talk about it, and pray together. And if you can, uh, it's a great thing if you can uh, have a time of singing where you sing a song of worship and then read Scripture and pray together. And you've had a time of family worship. And this is a very important element in, and I believe this is what God's Word gives us, is how to be a, it's a very important element of being a spiritual leader in the home. And again, it, there's no time mandate on it of it has to be 30 minutes or it has to be an hour. It can be 10 to 15 minutes. The important thing is that we do this and we spend time seeking God's Word every day. That is how we seek God in our life. And this element of family worship is a very important part of it and it's what we need to recover and it's what we've lost. And it comes at the feet of us dads. It was lost by dads not doing this. It'll be recovered by dads doing this. It's as simple as that. It was laid at our feet, just like it was laid at Adam's feet. And we will give an account to God at the judgment seat of Christ, and I believe he will, fathers will give an account of this, say, were you the spiritual leader of your home? How did you, how did you carry out that responsibility? That's what God assigned to you. You were, as a man, you were made to be the leader, and you were responsible to lead your family spiritually, first and foremost, and that meant you teaching the Bible, looking at scriptures in your home. I believe God will look at that for every man that had a family. And there'll be a lot of men who'll say, well, I, uh, I was busy and couldn't do that, I was tired. Yeah, but you still had the, it was still more important. It was still a responsibility. Many men will say, well, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't realize that. And ignorance never is an, uh, an excuse for disobedience. And many, many men will say that because we've lost it. That's part of the tragedy we've lost this, 
And it's part of what we're trying to focus on here is to call men to do that because it is, I think, a very big key to turning things around. Otherwise, I think we're spinning our wheels a lot. And the culture is a testimony to that where, you know, the last, let's look over the last 20, 30 years and we've had churches that have been operating and they've been doing a lot of, they focus greatly on children's ministries, youth ministries, reaching the next generation, but what, are we, what do we see? We don't see a generation being raised up that's holding the line. We see a generation that's sliding, compromising, who are going along with the same things. Where a majority of the generation of 30 and under who profess to be Christians are thinking socialism is a good thing. And they're, they are compromising on homosexuality. And they are compromising on transgenderism. And they're accepting all this stuff. That's a testimony that that's not, it's not working. What we've been doing is not working. It's producing compromise because we've gone away from God's plan. God didn't call the church to raise children and to train them. You don't see it anywhere in the Scripture. I, I, this is what changed my mind on changing my perspective on this. When I... I I was in church ministry. I did, I did youth ministry starting out and believed in all of that and was blind to what the Bible actually said until I was challenged with that and studied and saw I searched the Bible and not one time did I ever find a reference to God charging a, a setup in Israel where they had a youth meeting, so to speak or where, where the priests were gathering just the kids and the, and the youth, and they had youth leaders who were meeting with the kids over here and the parents were over here. You never, you never see that in the Bible. Not one time. In the Old Testament or the New Testament. On the contrary, what you do see is you always see whenever the training and teaching of children is mentioned in the Bible, you always see it directed to the parents and particularly to fathers. Deuteronomy 6 here is the key example here in, in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the key example is Ephesians uh, chapter 6. Paul is talking to the church, the Ephesian church, and he doesn't say, okay, you guys, you, you really need to now get your youth ministries going. You need to develop youth ministry. That's what you're lacking here. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, well, you need to have separate meetings for children because you've got to give it to them on their level. And you got to separate her away from the, the adults here. When he's speaking to that church and he's talking to the adults, he addresses the children in chapter 6. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. He says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And he goes on down and he says, And you fathers, you bring your children up in the training and admonition of the Lord. He's addressing the church as a whole. This letter will be read to the church, and he addresses the children, which tells me those children were sitting right in the congregation with their, with their parents. They weren't separated out in children's church and youth ministry like we've done today. The New Testament church met together, and they were all taught together because the family unit was preserved. And then Paul, speaking to that Ephesus, Ephesian church, did not say, hey, you guys really need to get a youth ministry going here because, you know, you've got to reach the next generation. He said, you fathers, you bring your children up in the training and admonition of the Lord. That's God's plan. I saw it as I studied it and looked at what the Bible said. 
It was a, here's a novel idea. Actually look at the Bible, what the Bible says for church ministry. Instead of the last conference you went to, or the last seminar, the last book you read. And that's what I did. I formulated all uh, my ministry based on a book I read or a conference I attended. And that's what most churches are doing out there. Most ministers are doing that. And they're not basing it on what the scripture says. And when I did that, I saw it talked about fathers exclusively. It never talked about a youth ministry position. It was only pastors. There was no children's pastor and youth pastor and this pastor and that pastor. There were just pastors who taught the Word of God to the congregation as a whole. And then for the personal teaching of children, it said, Fathers, that's your job. In Ephesians 6. And then in Deuteronomy 6, it says that. It said he, that's what he told Israel. He said, You fathers, you diligently teach these words to your children uh, when you sit in your house. And that's God's plan. For the family discipleship does it every day. The fathers do this every day, teaching God's word. And then on a weekly basis, the uh, God called preacher leader teaches the word of God on the Lord's day. And that's God's plan for reaching the next generation. And we just need to get back to His plan. That's what we've got to do. So men, this is what we need to do. To be the spiritual leaders, we need to teach God's Word every day. And um, I'd encourage you to have a time of family worship each night. And, just sit down. and it doesn't have to be something real complicated. And, and you can, you know... Do it as simply as you need to, because uh, God's Word is powerful. And it just means that you pick up a, a book to work through, and that you read one section of Scripture, and then just uh, explain what's happening. Talk about what is happening there and what God's Word teaches. And that does, though, necessitate that you've done first what Deuteronomy 6.6 6 says, and there is a precursor step that it mentions here where it tells the men these words which I command you today shall be in your heart so first we have to be seeking God's word personally first and that comes out of your personal bible reading bible study time and you do that you need to try to do that every morning and start your day that way you're reading God's word for not only your own personal edification but you've got a job to do and you're responsible then to teach these words to your family and so you need to be studying the word of God yourself and growing and learning and then when you learn then you share it with your family that's what I've been doing here lately is as we start over our Bible reading plan and, and we're reading through Genesis different things have struck me of things I hadn't fully noticed before and so I'll read, you know, I've been reading and read that in the morning and then at night then I'll share things that I had thought about seeing in Genesis and how neat it is and things that God's done there and what he did through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, and Joseph. And so that's how it works. You, you're seeking God's word, you're learning yourself and then you share that with your family. And of course, you can do as much as you can to grow in your own knowledge. The church is a part of that. And that's a part of what hopefully happens as we preach and teach the Word of God every, 
every week. And then you can be studying yourself so that you gain knowledge and you then pass that on to your family. This is God's plan to be doing this every day. Let me stress this too. I, I hear, you'll hear a lot of talk today, Christians will comment on reaching the next generation. And um, the most important thing is, and you'll hear this phrase a lot. You'll say, well, and, and I'll hear pastors even talk about this verse, Deuteronomy 6, 7, and they'll say, well, you know, the most important thing is, is, is what you do. There's more, here's the phrase, that's oft repeated. There is more caught than taught. Following God, discipleship is more caught than taught. And I disagree with that statement. That is a, it's a false dichotomy. Because it, it says, well, it doesn't really matter. And what they, well, the reason they're saying it is because they're trying to soothe their conscience because they're not doing the teaching. They're not sitting down in their house and opening the Bible. And they got a host of reasons why they're not. And they'll even try to justify it and say, well, uh, they don't want to do that anyway. And, uh, you know, that's just, you don't want to bore them. You don't want to bore the kids. So they wouldn't like that. So, you know, so you got to just do fun stuff. Go out and just do fun stuff together and, and, and just let them see how you live your life. And it's more caught than taught. And that's not what Deuteronomy 6 7 says. What it actually says is both. It's both. You teach them when you sit in your house. That's a formal teaching. And that's first. And that is where it starts. And that's the foundation. And then you teach them as you walk by the way. And, then that's, and that's part of then what you do. And so the truth is, it's both taught and caught. And I would say... My answer to that is, uh, if it's not taught, it's probably not going to be caught. And if it's not taught, it's probably not going to be modeled. Because the two go hand in hand. It's like, if you're practicing something in a devotion to God, and a, you know, obedience to God, and you're, doing, you're living out, why wouldn't you talk about it? Why wouldn't you say, well, this, why I'm doing this, kids, is because God says that here in this book, in this chapter, in this verse. See, if you're not doing it because of a scripture, you're really making it up yourself. We've got to tie it to the Word of God, and that means we're going to teach it and we're going to live it. And both are essential, and both are important, and it's both. And Deuteronomy 6-7 presents both. And so even you know, when Christians talk about this today, they'll say, well, well, just don't worry about you know, formal teaching. It's more important that they just see it in your life because... It's caught, not taught. I believe that is a, um, that's a cop-out for not obeying Deuteronomy 6, 7. And so what we must do is do all of it and that we're going to have a time, a formal time, put it in our schedule where you sit down and again, the father's response say, hey, I want us to do this. Everybody come in here. Come in here. I want us to do something. I want, we're going to sit down and I want to read some scripture and we're going to talk about it and we're going to pray. Because this is important for us to do every day. And we want to learn God's word together. And I'm, your, I'm just supposed to be the spiritual leader and I want to do that. I'm going to seek to do that. And we're going to do this uh, in looking at the word of God. And sometimes it might be more interesting and more in depth than others. 
but it's important that we just do this and God will bless that as we're faithful to Him. So you're going to have a time where you sit, you're going to read Scripture and talk about it, and then, then you're going to seek to live that out and you're going to seek to talk about it as you go about your life and do things. And you do both. And this is what we need to recover. We need to recover the teaching of the Word of God. And men, this is charged to us to do. And it is how we, it's a, the major part of how we carry out spiritual leadership in the home. Because as we teach God's Word, then it brings up opportunity to discuss things that are going on in the, in the world and we can apply the scripture to it. Of uh, for instance, why is it why is it wrong? Of these people dressing up uh, a guy dressing up like a girl. Why is that wrong? And you talk about what God's word says, how God has made everything, and all the transgender stuff. We talk about what's going on in the world out of the scripture, and that's important for us to do. I want to read Psalm, the words of Psalm 78 before we stop. And uh, this is a very clear statement of this. Also, Psalm 78, start verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ear to the words of my mouth. Okay, he's talking about God's word. He's saying, listen, the whole congregation of the people, listen to God's word. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. They're in Benjamin's fathers. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. Now, at that point, that could involve the priests. It probably does. It's a general statement saying we need to tell the next generation, preach it in our, our nation. But then he gets more specific in verse 5. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. Now, that's the Old Testament law which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and to declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. It may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not set its heart aright and whose spirit was not faithful to God. And so He said, We've got a law, and it's taught by the elders, but it specifically needs to be taught by the fathers to their children in their homes. And that is a major way God's Word is taught. And, and then that those children would learn God's Word and commit to following God, and they would rise up, and they would then teach their children, and it would be repeated. This is the strong work of family discipleship, it's passed down from generation to generation. And so, man, I, I encourage you to uh, have this commitment in your own home and then pray that and uh, encourage your children to do the same thing in their homes when they grow up. And your sons, that they would understand this is their responsibility and to be the spiritual leader means that they're going to teach the Bible in their homes to their families each day, each night, for 10 to 15 minutes, a few minutes, and that is how a big part of how they're a spiritual leader in their home, by making God's Word known, teaching it and talking about it.
So Deuteronomy 6, the two verbs, teach and talk. Teach and talk. And uh, that's then what we need to seek to do and ask God to help us. We get struggling with it. It's difficult. It is a big task. Pray to ask God to help you and He will answer that prayer. Because God's told you to do this and He will already answer a prayer for you asking help to do something He's told you to do. And He will help us to do it. All right, let's pray. We praise you, Lord, for your great works. We praise you for your plans, for the family, and for this work we have, this great privilege to sit down with our families and, and to teach the Word of God and, and how great that is. And help us to do that and uh, to be, even as we're tired and uh, possibly distracted, that we would all, as a family, both fathers and the family, would, would see that we, we would see the importance of this and we would make the effort and we'd be excited about it and, and be diligent. As Deuteronomy 6 says, be diligent to do this, uh, to, to, uh, to focus on your, your truths uh, that, are, that are so great and help uh, this generation that is growing up to uh, believe your truth, follow your truth, and to not believe the lies and to, uh, to not be deceived by the lies of Satan in the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.